Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. All right, so I'm kind of freaking out because I went through this whole ordeal, had my car completely taken care of and detailed, and after we spent, what, I was here for a couple hours, and we took off to go to the drugstore to get some medicine for your daughter, and there was a dropping on my dashboard. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't escape it. I think I just need to sell my car. You're being trolled. By who, a mouse? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think so. The mouse is probably dead. You're just being trolled by No, no, I found the carcass already. We, we have that from the first time. Okay, so there's a fun fact about mice. I think I learned this from work because at our uh, morning meetings, we have a fun fact given by our lovely customer service representative and or our customer service supervisor. And she said, according to her fact, I believe something along the lines of uh, mice can create 1,200 descendants. In less than a week or something like that. Just two? Two mice? Mm-hmm. That doesn't that make any sense. That two becomes four, or that two becomes three or four, or however many that they have in their litter, right? A hundred? I don't know. They're so sm- No, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. That cannot be true. Yeah, they reach, mice reach sexual maturity like in-, in Six in, hours? Yeah, hours. Or days. I don't know. But we had a mouse in the house also. It's all over. It's all over. Move. Dude, so it was it was bad because <laughs> because we had as soon as we saw it, I went to the hardware store, I bought four traps, I laid them out, put the peanut butter on there, I laid them out. If anyone's never had a mouse before, you don't catch a mouse with cheese, you catch them with peanut butter because one, they like it, and two, it's harder for them to work with, so they stay longer on the trap to catch them. This motherfucker ate all the peanut butter on all four traps. I woke up the next morning, there's no peanut butter left, no traps had gone off. It's because you got the ninety nine cent store traps, huh? No, it was, it was the True Value hardware store traps. You might as well have gotten the 99 cent store traps. <laughs> okay. Anyway. You might have actually had a better chance of that 99 cent store trap malfunctioning and actually <laughs> wow. catching them accidentally. <laughs> Dude, I snapped my finger this morning on it trying to... Anyway, it, so we literally had to fatten the mouse up. It, we went through two rounds of him eating all the peanut butter Slow off Slow him this. down a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> no, just to make him like fat enough to like knock the... To activate the trap. Oh, you think it was a weight thing? I think it was a weight thing. And I think there might be a second one because after I went and bought more expensive traps, uh, so I spent $8 on two traps and it's this weird, like self-containing, the, the mouse has to go inside it and it smashes it. Right. Anyway, we had one left over. So that's the one we actually caught the mouse with afterwards. We had one left over. We left him out and nothing happened for like three, four days. And then today we, we I go and check him in the morning just to see. No peanut butter anywhere. It's all <laughs> twelve hundred. No, it, that can't be true, and I refuse to believe that is what's happening in my home. It's like Sparta. I don't know. We haven't. We've Persians. never been here my entire life. and never <laughs> had any any issues with rodents ever. Well, possums, but that was never any. Possums are hard to catch on a mouse trap. Dude, my boy called me. He didn't call me. He sent me a text message after I, I did a whole story on Instagram about the mouse issue. And uh, it's Nikki. Uh, he he hit me. Is and that the like, same guy that had the mouse in the car too? No, no, no. This is my buddy that hosted our New Year's party. That was super crazy. Um, he said the worst day of living up in his new spot. 
uh, I think his wife got up, went to the restroom in the morning, opened the toilet, and there was a possum inside. Oh, my God. What would you do? How'd the possum get there? I don't know. Had, wow. to, had to climb up through the pipes. But there then, is no water in pipes. That's right. what people don't know. They're, they're like, how the fuck would a snake get up there? Can it breathe underwater? There is no water in your pipes. If any, there's like, if they're horizontal, like parallel to the floor, mm-hmm. which they aren't, they're usually graded to, mm-hmm. to drain the water down naturally. And so the pipes don't corrode. But um, uh, they can get up there. There's no water in pipes, especially sewer pipes. It's only when you flush the toilet or, or send something down the, down the drain. And quite honestly, it doesn't take them a whole lot of time to get up there. Mm-hmm. You know, they know where they're going. Keep going up. You can only to go right. <laughs> yeah. So, so how does this make you feel? I mean, like, this I, has to kind of shake your world a little bit. Because clearly you weren't really happy with the whole mice, mouse yeah. in the car thing. Now no. it's a mouse in the house. And... Uh, another, you know, rogue dropping in your I feel, car. I feel completely out of control of my life. And and, and it's funny because we had this whole uh, solar, ecl- is it solar eclipse, a lunar eclipse. Solar. Uh, solar eclipse. And, and my friend was telling me, you know, that the fact that there's mice in your My friend Alicia told me that the fact that there's mice in your life, that means there's something either out of control that you're trying to force Ooh. into control uh-huh. or uh, you need to refocus. Oh, Truly deep, right? And I was like, "Oh shit, there is a lot in my life that I'm not really able to complete because I'm." <laughs> am I? Or yeah, you're projecting. Why am I projecting? It's so easy to to like horoscopes. Yeah. Oh my god, these things are so accurate. How is it projecting you know, if you're relating? It's funny because Pro- projecting my, would be if I'm telling you how how to feel. No, you're projecting your own life experiences. You're you're projecting where you're, where you're at in life against what someone else is telling you. You can self project. It's very possible. You're not relating. You're trying to draw parallels, but you're just projecting what you think is going on, right? Like horoscopes. Again, it's all nah. horoscopes. Nah, I don't. I don't see it that way. Like relating is like okay, shared experiences. I can relate to a shared experience. This is projecting your own circumstance onto something that is, in my opinion, a stretch. Okay. All right, come on. That's, that's like the that's occult. How you feel. Is that how you feel? If that's it's like how you witchcraft. Feel. Okay. I can right. ward off spirits by lighting, like, uh, what is it, um, white sage incense. Yeah, that's what she told me. You get some sage, and I was like, I don't know where to get any fucking sage. <laughs> I have some in my yard. I can find weed easier than it is to find some sage. <laughs> that's true. That is so true. Uh, grocery stores might have it. I, I swear I have some right here in the planner. You told me it was kale. No, that's kale on that side. On this side, it's sage, you oregano, know, I'm thyme, not gonna. I don't even know what sage looks like. Rosemary. Maybe. I thought it was actually a rock. To be honest, I don't, I don't know what sage is. It smells good. I'll get you some okay. during our break. All right. We can light it in here. I had a whole bundle, too, and we lit it once. Anyway. Okay. So you feel like, obviously, right now, things are out of control in your life. A little bit. A little well, bit. I mean, when whenever you have it, and it's, you know, it's fine. It might not be relatable in a lot of ways, right? I don't know what it's like to have a mouse in the house. You privileged motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still clearly shaking your world, right? I don't know why. It's a mouse. I feel violated, man. There's something in my space that I didn't invite in. What if you had it as a pet? Would it feel the same way? I don't think so. Anyway. I've thought about that too. I was like, what if we just keep it and put it in a cage? And, and then I was like, nah, we should just kill it. It's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better for the mouse. <laughs> How important would you say for us in our 30s, is it to have that sense of control, that sense of 
being able to at least reel in your own reality and make sure that nothing that you don't want going on in your life isn't going on. How important is that? Uh, you know, there's there's two things to that, right? One, I, I feel like there's there's no true way to have control over everything in your life. As far as things that are happening to you, all you can do is really control how you respond to it. The other thing I think is how well you prepare yourself to be preventative of these things from actually happening, which is a little more proactive rather than just responding to things and it not necessarily going in the best of directions. I don't necessarily agree with that because I feel like you can control almost everything in your life. Okay, you can't control the weather. Mm -hmm. You can't control whether or not someone's going to T-bone you or rear-end you or whatnot. Okay. You actually, actually, you might, but there are certain instances where now you Now we're can't. getting into semantics, okay, and that's semantics. what I'm talking about, and that's, and that's it, what life is. Let's that, keep it high level. Okay. Okay? You can control almost everything else in your life because everything else hinges on human interaction. What you say to someone, how you say it to someone, your body language, the tone, the look in, you know, look in your face, uh, whether or not you're being perceived as genuine, you know, it, it, there's always some degree of control. Whether it's very small or very large, like you go into your boss's office, way A, okay, let's say scenario okay, I, one. I, I see where you're going. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. And okay, yes, me, scenario let, one where you have, you know, erratic behavior and they respond to you in that moment. You know, I was going to say right? that. <laughs> but then what if you go in and you have a very controlled temper, or not temper, temperament, and you're, you lay out logical reasons why you deserve this race, blah, 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 blah. But you still don't get the raise because of whatever regulations by whoever's higher than him. Right. You still can't control that. Even though you controlled yourself in that situation, you didn't have any control over the outcome. You could have. How? Had you played it differently. How? There are always ways to do things. Look, that's why we have the power of hindsight, right? Well, what if I did this differently? Or what if I did this differently? Or what if I came in a little bit earlier every day? That might have, you know did something different to my boss's perception of my work ethic. There are so many variables that we can control. We just often overlook them. And that's the problem. And I think we, we see this, okay, in the last episode of Master of None. It's very evident that Dev loses control of everything in his life. Job, love life, you know, arguably friendships, you know, because they're kind of intertwined at this point. Yeah, And then we have a little cameo, or not a little cameo, a little re reemergence of a past love. Just kind of, you know, challenging him a little bit, mm -hmm. testing his integrity. But how is that testing his integrity? Because had he have slept with her, he would have clearly shown that he was lacking in sound moral judgment. And to me, that would have signified the lack of integrity. He had a decision to make. And by him walking away, he really solidified the fact that he knew that at that point in time, there was nothing he could do that would better his situation and that he was damned either way. So he chose the moral high ground, in my opinion, and walked away from that situation with nothing more than simple pleasantries and continued his pursuit of Francesca. Whether or not he knew that was going to pan out, it didn't matter. In essence, it's at that point where he realized he needed help. So he went to seek out his buddy Arnold. And that's his, that throughout the, throughout, the series, really, that has been his rock, yeah, his pillar, his and cliff, it, it, oh, his cliff. <laughs> wow. So it, it goes without saying, you know, we all go through that point in our lives 
And it's hard to really take a step back and, and look at something with an unbiased point of view to kind of decide, okay, well, how do we get out of this? So have you had any of those moments in your life? I mean, have you ever felt like you're so helpless that you just needed to reach out because you just couldn't figure out a way to get out of that rut that you were in? Well, yeah. And I think we've talked about this in the past, right? Uh, when I was in my 20s and I was just making horrible decisions, especially within relationships. And I decided to go to therapy and kind of really just kind of get to the crux of what those issues were. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's funny because now... I, it's, it's different because it's not necessarily a relationship, but it's still a relationship. It's not a romantic relationship. That's what I should say. Right. I have so much going on, and yet there's still so much that I have not been able to achieve or unlock within myself. And I don't know what the mental block is. And I feel like before more comes onto my plate, I need to work through whatever these issues are. And, it's, and so bringing this up is actually something I've been – I just reached out to a couple friends asking for referrals to uh, a therapist. Just but to it, get ahead of it, not to like, because I'm like already in too deep, like I was when I was in my 20s. So that really brings into perspective the need for control in your 30s. I think like if we were in our 20s, we probably would have, at that point in your life, you probably would have spiraled out of control, right? And you would have had that feeling of helplessness and you might have been too, let's say, either you could pick two really. I mean, I could have regressed in my decision making. Which is, you know, uh, an affinity toward naivety. Which, not to say it doesn't happen. Right. It happens. Or you have too much pride. That's usually where I fall, is, is my pride. Right. The pride is always the, the killer for me, especially with asking for help. You know, that's always the... Yeah, could could be kind of a male thing too, right? I didn't think of that until like right now. Like That's like actually been a consistent theme in my life. And I don't know if it's because I'm a man or if it's just because of who I am. And wanting to be able to figure things out for myself. For me, it's a lot of the same thing. And Anna and I were having this talk recently. And she mentioned the fact that, you know, I struggled with confidence, self-confidence issues in my 20s. Because I had this kind of like identity crisis. Like I didn't know what I was good at. I didn't know if I was good at anything at all. I was like, did I really graduate college? Like what the fuck am I doing? You was, know? That, was that when you were unemployed? Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it was, was really like a, it was yeah. a real dark time. Oh my God. Yeah, it was terrible. I was going through a lot. And, you know, I had a lot of qualifications, but I didn't have a proof of concept. Like it was hard for me to actually sink my teeth into anything that I was good at. And then I, you know, I eventually got my break, but it took a while, you know, and it took a, it took a good chunk out of my self-confidence and really started doubting my abilities. So recently this started creeping up again on me and it does from time to time. Okay, well, what did you do last time to get through I got it? a job. That's it? That's it? You <laughs> that's just got it. a job and you're like, yeah. oh, well, my problems are all gone now. No, that's, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Okay. Right? But I never really addressed the root cause. I spiraled and somehow I, I, I kind of like, okay, let's, let's put it this way. This is how I kind of visualize it. I spiraled. I got down to a really base level and I kind of stayed there for a while. But I thought I was climbing up gradually. And maybe I was, but I wasn't in the confidence department. Mm. I think that kind of stayed down. But I had suppressed that primarily because I was feeling good. I was feeling good about what I was doing, feeling good about what I knew. And I didn't feel like that needed to be addressed anymore because I thought, you know, it's gone. It always needs to be addressed. That's a thing because we're at so many different points throughout our lives and we experience so many different things that there are so many different aspects of uh, – or. Um, I should say it this way. There are so many different points in our lives where our confidence is challenged Mm -hmm. that we don't really realize it, that that 
our confidence needs to be reinforced until it's too late. Mm. And in my 30s, I really feel like that's very valuable. Okay, for me especially, not to, you know, fucking hail shit down on anybody else that has problems because everybody has problems, but with two kids and a wife and a, you know, a lot of obligations, it, it's hard to have that shake you up because you don't know what can happen. You know, if I get into that dark place that I was in my 20s and my 30s, which I don't think I will, not that bad, it, it could it could wreak havoc on my life, right? And that's something yeah. that I want to control. So I've actually also been thinking, considering, pondering, uh, talking to someone about it, you know? And I don't know if friends will necessarily be able to level with where I'm at or, or give me the right insight. No offense to them. It's just... It's a completely different set of challenges than a lot of people have in their lives currently. So I don't know if there's anyone out there that can, you know, offer me insight. Maybe I should give it a chance. Are you talking about like a therapist? Are you talking about like just finding someone that's been through what you've been through? Well, it would be nice to have that, but I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of right now a therapist. Right? Mm. I didn't want to come out and say it. the T word. That's why I pulled I have pulled it out of you. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to admit that too, especially for me. But it might help, you know. I don't know. You know, I, the the thing the thing that I I thought in my twenties that when I went to therapy, it was to address specific issues that had already happened, and I just wanted to prevent from happening again. Um, it, it didn't, but it. Hmm. <laughs> but now I can look back on it and see that uh, a lot of it, especially within my personal relationship with the girls I was dating, a lot of it had to do with one girl that I just had not let go of, and it kept seeping into my current relationships at the time ah. and I just wasn't willing to let it go I knew that's what I had to do I knew it wasn't going to work even if we were to be together but I still had that fantasy in my head and I was trying to live that fantasy and it just wasn't working until, until I finally let it go it cost me one relationship the second one it didn't cost me so much I had told her about it and she did have like a a small fear that it might be an issue but it never became anything but it, i would say our relationship actually got better once i had let it go and i'd like mm. embrace like the, you are the woman i'm choosing to be with and i'm i'm in it with you and that completely changed our relationship until it went off the rails well maybe it was because you actually put it out there right and you got that kind of oh you, that's you why that it was definitely off right yeah it was rocking in the beginning and and her actions reflected that. But once I was in it and she was in it, it was great. But once we started got to that impasse of like how I wanted to live my life and she wanted to live hers and it wasn't gonna connect, uh, that's when we weren't able to maintain yeah. the relationship though. So it's completely different. Now in my thirties and I'm looking at going to therapy, it's not even because I'm making bad decisions. It's not because I feel like I am out of control, but I I know that there's a lot going on and I'm 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 doing a lot of things that I never thought I'd be doing, or at least I dreamed I thought I would be doing them, and now I'm actually doing it. And I sometimes feel like the balance is, is weighing on me. And there's certain things that I just, like I said earlier, certain things I just, for whatever reason, there's a mental block for me to be able to actually unlock and be able to just get through this. The film specifically, like, why can't I just get through this? And I keep rethinking different ways on how I can actually put this together and make it a cohesive piece of work that I'm proud of. And it's not like you can go to a therapist and be like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with my film. Can you help me? But I, I think it's... <laughs> Imagine, though. <laughs> it's like, I'd pay that. <laughs> but, right. But I, I think it has to do a lot more with how I'm balancing myself and how I'm perceiving certain things. And I think that's what I'm looking for in, in hopes of unlocking those kinds of 
questions and little career things. And then also just like where I am with my relationship and make sure that it's essentially this is all for preventative measure. I haven't gotten to the point where I feel like I'm, I'm in too deep and I've made terrible mistakes and how am I going to turn this around? But you have in the past. Oh, and yeah. I've made some so incredible mistakes. Th- this is the big message here. If you can't let it go, if you can't leave that feeling behind, it's going to haunt you for the rest of your, for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's going to cripple you. It's going to cripple your ability to do whatever it is it, you need to do in order to get yourself out of that rut. Yeah. Which is shitty, right? Mm-hmm. So the message there is as soon as you feel like you're getting there, like what you're doing right now, kind of nipping it in the bud, nip it in the bud. Get it out of the way. Don't let it linger because if these things linger on, it will hamper your ability to actually be productive to actually get out and do what it is that you want to do that you set your sights on that's Mm -hmm. a problem whether it's a relationship a career move you know a large purchase you know a large financial obligation whatever it may be (laughs) you just listed off every fucking thing i'm like stressing about right now (laughs) (laughs) well fuck (laughs) maybe let's take this offline and you know have a sesh real quick you know let's talk i'll put you in the day bed and you can you get some sage going. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some sage. We'll burn that shit and, and some arugula. I don't have arugula. It died. <laughs> okay, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Poor arugula. How yeah. do we find that balance though? So now that we have a you know a PSA out there, right? Get help when you feel like you need it. Yeah. How do you find the balance? Right. How do you readjust? I I think it's a mix of you just have to go out there and do it, and you have to also be okay with talking about it. And if you're in over your head. You know, say that. A lot of times I've found when I'm working with people and I'm working on a project and I have a deadline, for example, if I just reach out and let them know, hey, I'm not going to be able to make this deadline, they're usually more than happy to be flexible with me, right? Even if it's like a big money contract, mm-hmm. they're, they're okay with it. I, I, for me, I put a lot of pressure on myself to meet perfection or what I see as delivering perfection. I mean, even... I don't even always go for perfection. I just go for something like it, it, as long as it moves me or I'm happy with it and being able to turn something in, right? That's a big difference. <laughs> it is. And I think I think that's where I get caught up. That's that's what's crazy. I just kind of thought about that. I think I go for perfection and it's not about perfection. And, and we've talked about this last year. And that was one of the things that I kept having to tell myself as my mantra, like it's not about being perfect because perfection erases humanity, right? That's I have to just be happy with where I am, with what I have and what I'm doing, especially if I've already, people like what I'm doing then I must be doing something right. Ah, Jesus Christ. I can't believe I said, oh my God. I'm all in my own head right now. I'm going to throw you a little uh, <laughs> a little curveball right now too. Okay. Perfection is relative. So what you may see as perfection may not be. Oh yeah. Right? And what you may not be, what, I'm sorry, what you may be achieving now might be someone else's perfection. I think you have to look at it from that perspective, quite honestly, and ask yourself, what is perfection? Is it really worth going after perfection? And and you kind of said it yourself, it erases humanity, but I, I don't think humans are capable of achieving perfection. There's always going to be an improvement made on something, whatever it is. And if you need to make an improvement on something that's exi- in existence already, that's not perfection. There's mm-hmm. nothing that's perfect out there. What's perfect out there? So what do you do? Do you ever find the balance? No. No, I, I don't. I don't think you do. Oh, there has to be some way. I think I think you learn to live with the uncomfortable feeling of of what it is. Wouldn't that be finding a balance somehow? It may not be. You may not be feeling balanced. You may not be feeling in the zen feeling, but you are like comfortable cope. with being uncomfortable. So coping. 
I think coping more so than finding a balance. Really? I think I, I think something's always going to give. There's always going to be a sacrifice. And this is the conversation I have with my kids all the time, right? They, they, they want to go into medicine and they want to do all these crazy things in undergrad, but they want to do it only in three years, right? And it's like, no, something is going to give. You have to be okay with sacrificing something. Right. And that's and that's part of the balance, I guess you could say. But you may not be happy with how it looks. It doesn't something matter. Something is always going to be sacrificed. But you found a balance that doesn't but give you anxiety, that doesn't, doesn't make you It doesn't mean it's angry. working for you either. No, it, it could be detrimental to relationships but like you're your getting, kids it could be yeah. a burden on your marriage it could be all these different things would you be happy with that i personally wouldn't and there still means you have to figure it out and so that means something's going to fall by the wayside so i don't think this balance is ever going to be perfect you just learn to cope with it i don't necessarily think that you can't find a balance i think that you can and it might not necessarily be something that you like right like what you said but in the end, you're getting what you wanted out of it, right? So by hitting that next level, by hitting that next plateau or, or stage in your life, I think that will help you get closer to finding the balance, right? Okay, so you have a pseudo balance or you're coping up until a certain point in your life where you could probably find that balance, where you're probably comfortable in your own skin, where you're just saying, fuck it, I'm going to hang out with my balls out in the fucking, in the men's locker room at the gym, right? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the point, right? When you're probably in your 60s where you found, finally found the balance. I mean, that's, that's a tough call because I don't know if those guys are already retired and their balance is completely shifted. They're not worried about work, career. Yeah, maybe. And that, but... that even brings up the argument, okay, what about us if, if for someone like myself, and I think you fall into this category too, I don't think you're going to enjoy retirement. I think you'll be working till the day you die. And uh... it may not be because you have to work, but because you enjoy it. Nah, you don't. Nah. I, I, don't I don't see that. <laughs> for, well, I, I might, you might buy a batting cage. And teach your son how to, you know, balance some uh, bookkeeping, you know, but I don't... A throwaway business. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't see you just like puttering in the house doing nothing. You know uh, what I mean? I'd probably kill my kids. Well, they wouldn't be home at that point, but yeah. You picked up Ultimate Frisbee. You would probably try to do that semi-professionally. Disc golf, yeah. Whatever. Not the same. Okay. Don't insult the sport. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't want to work until I'm I'm dead. That's the thing I always tell my dad. It's like, do you want to work yourself to the bone? I'm I'm the type of person that wants to work smart and not hard. I want to find that balance. Yeah. That's my goal, right? To find but, something that takes very minimal effort, which is virtually nothing nowadays, but to put enough work into it now yeah. so that 10 years from now, I don't have to really work that hard. That, that's the, my entire point. And you get to do more of what you like. For me, it's it's yeah. working and creating. And that's what I like to do. Yeah. So I was thinking we were having a moment with the podcast and you'd want to do this forever with me. But I guess not. What? <laughs> Talk 40 to me. I already bought the URL. What? <laughs> Fuck, they're going to come after that too, probably. Watch. Millennials are growing older. But it still goes without saying. At some point, you have to accept the fact that you can't control everything, right? Circling back to the mm -hmm. beginning. You have to find the balance, though. You have to find the balance at that stage in your life. That is critical. So however you find that balance, by getting help, seeking friends, seeking family to help, you know, uh, or, or seeking the comfort of family to shelter you from the environment, that is important. And you have to find a way to do that. So I think that you can, in fact, achieve the balance throughout your life. It might not be a, a final settling point for you, but it is a stepping stone to finding the ultimate goal. 
right? Okay. So the one flaw I see in that. What? The one flaw I see there in your logic. There is no flaw in my logic. Perfect example is <laughs> is your current state of your job, the hours that you're putting in, uh, the inconvenient hours that you're putting in, spending time with your kids, and then the podcast, right? Something always falls to the wayside. Whether it's like we spend eight hours today working on the podcast, and but were we really working on the podcast? For the most of the part, we were working. On the no, podcast. yeah, lies. Okay, yeah, you were still playing with your kids here and there, but yeah, the put la- that on me, huh? <laughs> the last, <laughs> as I <laughs> sat there cuddling with your son, <laughs> watching <laughs> watching TV with your kid. <laughs> but the last three weeks, we we missed our production meetings, right? Because either work ran long, or you right. had other things going on, right. or you were, weren't feeling well. Something always falls by the wayside, and and my biggest thing too is when kids come into the picture, they require a lot of time, and I that's that's another thing I worry about th- that balance. How wow. is that going to work? Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've said that you never really figured out. You just lived through it. Yes, I have. But that's what I'm saying right now. I'm, I found that balance in is, my life right now. Okay. Is it balance? It's subjective. Sure. Okay. okay. All right. I get that. But it's my way of convincing myself that I have some kind of control in my fucking life that feels like it's in flux every minute, every second of the day. Because your life is in flux every I know. second of the day. But that's my way of dealing with it, right? So it is a level of coping. So giving yourself a, a false sense of security. Yeah. Or of stability, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I think I need to talk to someone to kind of sort the shit out, make sure that I don't go off the deep end. <laughs> but I don't think that'll be the case. I think right now I have so much anchoring me down. I think I'm good, right? Okay. For people that don't have that, I could see where it becomes an issue. So that's why I like reaching out to to people and, and kind of helping them, but it, it's frustrating as fuck because a lot of people don't take advice. So even us talking about this right now, people are going to listen to it and they're going to be like, "Well, that's not me, you know. That that shit doesn't happen to me. These guys are full of shit, you know." No, you know, you got to take a deeper look into yourself. You got to take a step back and really look at the objective view and and really see what you might not see from the lens of your own two eyes. I guess if that makes any sense. So. <laughs> so takeaways for today, if there's something holding you back, I hope that you're able to recognize that it's what's preventing you from moving forward. If you can't tell what's holding you back and you feel like you're in a hopeless place of like going in circles or your wheels are just spinning, get help. Get help. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. If Turk can do it, you can do it. I'm still on the fence, but be I'm- on the fence with me. At least <laughs> you're somewhere that's not in a hole nine feet under. Well, okay. It's dark, but it's true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. On that note, <laughs> good night. <laughs> Sorry, fuck. <laughs> Sorry, where can the people find you? <laughs> well, if the people want to find me after that comment, you can find me at Turg says no on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah. Randy, how about you? Actually, I just want to make sure that people are actually hitting you up. Make sure you're not nine feet under. <laughs> I'm not going to be nine feet under. As long as you're responding. He's Pushing he's daisies. Right. The great show, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share it with friends. Make sure you stop our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes, and if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. Really appreciate it. For Talk Theory to Me, I'm Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. I told you how I spent $2,000 on backpacks, right? That whole little thing. So my, my new obsession right now is weekender bags. Okay. Did I show you? This? I don't know which one to go with. And I'm, 
I'm, I'm trying not to buy it. That looks it. like a chick bag. What? Yes. You, you, you have no class. What about this one? Oh, of course you like the blue. Why? What's wrong with that? I mean, I could get it in black too, or brown. Yeah, how about orange? Orange doesn't make sense for leather. What? You know, leather is like orangish in color. Those colors don't make any fucking sense. How big is it? Um, 300 so, bucks, though? So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's full grain leather, but... Full grain. So I was doing some research. Hmm. I was doing some research on leather, and full grain isn't good, isn't it? No, full grain is the, the best you can get. Is it? Yeah. Where, which one was the... Genuine leather is the worst. Genuine leather, that was it, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it's 52 liters is what you want for a weekender bag. I was still trying to dissect why you would need such a big bag. Well, cause I, I'm a, I'm a big person. I'm a big person. I have big clothes. They have to fit in the bag. Liters versus cubic inches, though. Liters. So how many gallons is that? What? How is that even relevant? Are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> so you put your headphones <laughs> on. <laughs> that was my attempt at starting the episode about spiraling out of control. <laughs> Did you like it? Now that I said that, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I shit myself. No! <laughs> nah, I didn't. But would, uh, it almost felt like it. High level. High level, low key, I almost shit myself. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. You already said you had cotton mouth. Why are you eating sour pants thinking? Because I'm high, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>